There was a time when people travelled without cell phones, data, Wi-Fi and everything we have today that makes travel so easy. They would use maps, like actual paper maps, not the app. They would probably ask people on the way for directions and definitely spoke to each other a lot more than what we do today, right? Even transport was so different back then. I mean, we know bus schedules and stuff today like days, weeks or even months in advance. Sometimes, yeah, we show up at the stop and expect a train or a bus to turn up because there are so many. But long, long ago, there was probably one bus which you needed to be really lucky to get. Seems a little unthinkable, doesn't it? What if I told you there was a time when I travelled using paper maps, a dubious bus system and no mobile data or Wi-Fi? Travels, Tales and Takes with Preeti brings to you stories of wonder from lands far and near, stories of inspiration from people ever so dear and a little bit of me, Preeti, also known as Peppy Travel Girl. Is it really that unfathomable to us to be able to do something all by ourselves with absolutely no digital assistance? Think about it. We're all so dependent on the digital world, especially when we travel. A SIM card is usually the first thing I pick up when I land in a different country. But whenever I've travelled to Europe, I just haven't. I've essentially cut myself off from constant connection. And if you think about it, it's actually quite practical. Because let's face facts, it's pretty expensive a lot of the time and there's Wi-Fi pretty much everywhere, so you're never really completely disconnected for too long. In fact, when I landed up in Europe on my first solo venture, I rather enjoyed the feeling of finding my way using a map, of figuring out directions with people I met, and being disconnected for long enough meant that I had zero distractions and could actually enjoy where I was to the absolute fullest. This does bring about a very legit concern. What if something goes wrong and you don't have internet? How will you get help? Folks, things went wrong. And that's what the story I'm telling you today is all about. Today we're going to go back in time. Not too long ago, I was wandering away by myself in a beautiful European city, not knowing that just a few short hours later, I'd be completely, hopelessly lost. The little city of Brno in Czechia doesn't usually make it to a lot of tourist itineraries, especially after visiting Prague because on a traditional Europe itinerary that tourists usually follow, there's barely, what, two, three days for one country. And this was my first solo trip, so I'd actually planned everything to the T. I did have around four days in Prague, but I penciled in a couple for Brno because a work colleague had told me that I should visit the Punkva Caves in an area called Moravian Kast. So I planned my visit there. I didn't have extra time and I knew that if I wanted to visit the caves, I'd need to set aside an entire day for it. So I hopped onto the website, read up on blogs and made a reservation for my tour for 10am. These caves had a limited intake every day, so making that reservation was actually necessary. The day arrived and I grabbed my map, where the guy at the hostel had scribbled instructions to get to the caves. I was headed out of my hostel when I bumped into another guy who was asking someone at the desk how to get to Punkwa Caves. He saw me and asked me if I was headed there too and I said, Yup, do you want to join? I might go a little later, he replied. Cool, you have a good day, I said and went on my way. 
I promise you, even this little seemingly trivial interaction is important and you'll find out soon enough. I walked to Brno Halavni Nadrazi, the main station, bought my ticket and went on to my designated platform. It was a chilly October morning, not that cold for someone used to winters, but I'm just not. I live in Mumbai. Give me tropical heat, incessant rain and I'll be just fine. Give me a hint of sweater weather and I swear to you, I'll be curled up in my blankets with no sign of wanting to leave. Everything moves like clockwork in the Czech Republic. Maybe a second early, but never a second late. Sure enough, my train arrived as scheduled and I happily shuffled into the warm, cosy compartment. The thing about train journeys early in the morning, especially in winter, is that you can cosy up in the plush red seats while looking out at a world that's still waking up. A gentle fog hung low and as my train trundled along towards Blansko station, I caught a glimpse of the beautiful countryside of Czechia. We were travelling along a turquoise stream over which trees that were just starting to turn orange hung low. Occasionally, through the fog, I caught a glimpse of towering mountains in the distance and it all looked straight out of a fairy tale. I rested my head against the cool glass of the window just trying to get a little closer to the image outside. An hour or so later, we arrived in Blansko and I was one among five or six people who got off there. It was a tiny station with just two tracks and a small shelter that served as a ticket office, which was not even open yet. The bus ticket office was a tiny little hut at the end of white lines painted on the road, very clearly marked for buses. And I knew that I had to take bus number 226, which would take me to Skalni Mlin, which served as the base for Punkwa Caves. Here, though, there was only one bus waiting, bus number 228. The door opened and the driver started announcing his destination in Czech. I didn't understand a single word, so I decided to ask him where the bus was headed and whether I could expect 226 to turn up at any point. No 226, only 228. He sounded grumpy. Oh, but does this bus go to Skalnimlin? He let out a stream of sentences in Czech and I had absolutely no idea what he was talking about. Um... Skalnim Lin? I was a little nervous about asking him again, so I pulled out my map and I showed it to him. He sighed and nodded, made some rough gestures and said, Yes, yes, Skalnim Lin. Well, if 226 wasn't coming, this was the only bus at a deserted station and everyone else had clambered in, I wasn't going to be left behind alone. So I hopped in. I knew it was supposed to take around 20-25 minutes to reach, so I was a little surprised when around 10 odd minutes later, the bus stopped where the road forked and the driver looked at me. Skalnim Lin, he said, and pointed towards the left fork. What? There was nothing there. This wasn't even a bus stop. There wasn't a building in sight and not a soul either. I was bewildered. Skalnim Lin? Punkwa Caves? I pointed at the location on my map. He nodded gruffly and gestured towards the road. It was easy enough to understand now, this was not Skalnim Lin. But Skalnim Lin would probably turn up somewhere down the left fork and I had no choice, so I alighted. You know that typical movie scene where there's a road and a bus, the bus leaves and the lost girl stands there staring after it? 
Yeah, that exact scene and I was the girl in it. So now I could either go back to the station, but I didn't want to do that because I had a reservation at the caves or I could just walk along the strange road and see where I ended up. I sighed and began walking in the direction of where I thought the caves might be. It was still quite early in the day. I had no idea where I was, but I stuck to the one path that made some sense. A seemingly endless road lined with heavy trees on both sides. I wasn't exactly afraid, but I couldn't help thinking. What if I got lost and no one found me? What if animals came out of this forest-like area and mauled me? Or worse, what if someone took me and I ended up captive on a boat in the middle of the ocean? But I mean, it's a road, right? It's bound to end up somewhere. It has to. If I saw an animal, I'd back away and run. If I saw a suspicious-looking human, again I could run. The only heavy thing in my bag was my DSLR and I didn't want to hit someone with it because that wouldn't have been too good for my pocket. I increased my pace because I really wanted to reach before 9.30 and it didn't look like I'd be able to. No thanks to bus number 226. And this road really did not seem to end. It was too late to turn back now and I didn't want to accept defeat. Was there even a bus number 226 anyway? And why weren't there any stops on the road? Didn't people live here? Why were there no houses? And where were the tourists? The trees on my right appeared to be thinning and I felt a surge of hope. Maybe I was there. I sped up towards the clearing, hoping for some sign of humanity. But nope. It wasn't human. It wasn't even concrete. It was a glittering lake there and I was just standing looking at it. So stunned. Although I was a little irritated with how the morning was turning out, somewhere in the back of my mind, I was actually glad because if I had taken bus number 226, I would never have seen this. I stood there and stared at the sun winking off the gentle ripples of the lake and it was magical and hypnotic and it made me so happy. You know, sometimes plants can really go all awry, but I feel like at that moment over there, it didn't matter because... Everything just felt right. By now, I was hopelessly lost and I had no idea where to go. I didn't want to turn back, but I also didn't know if I was going to end up at the caves or not. I was mindlessly plodding along in the hope of seeing some sign of life, but turns out I actually wasn't that far. Maybe another 10 odd minutes later, I actually saw the building that looked like it was a visitor center and I practically ran inside, burst into it and met the guy at the counter. And I could not believe that I had actually made it there on time. I handed him my ticket and waited hopefully for him to tell me where I should go next and what I should do and he looked up at me and he said, There's a technical error and Punkwa Caves has been closed for the day. I could not believe it. I could not bring myself to accept that after all of this, I couldn't see the one thing that I had come here to see. I asked him if there was any way, any way at all that the cave might be operational later in the day and he said, I don't know, there's a technical issue. I was so dejected. I walked out of the office and sat down on the sidewalk outside. I took off my backpack pulled out a bottle of water and took a few sips, wondering what on earth I would do now. 
It felt awful because I just had this one day here today to see the caves. I had walked so much, I had gotten lost, and to be told the caves were closed really put a dampener on everything. I pulled out my map and thought about checking if there were any landmarks in the area that I could go see, and just as I was poring over the map, I saw some movement to my right. Do you know what I saw? That damn bus number 226 pulling up near a shabby signboard that constituted a bus stop. Apparently, it existed. I couldn't believe this either. A family of four clambered out of the bus, followed by a young couple who started walking towards the tourist office. The guy from the couple saw me and started walking towards me instead. And it was a guy from the hostel, the one I'd met that morning. Hey, Have you finished seeing the caves already? he asked me. No, the caves are closed. There's a technical issue, I said. Oh man, that sucks. The girl with him came up to me and said, "Did they tell you if it will be fixed?" "They don't know yet," I replied. "Ah." She had blue-green eyes and blonde hair tied back in a braid. Her accent had a slight Russian lilt to it. The three of us were united by one common misery and it was somehow understood that we'd be hanging together for the rest of the day. Turns out they weren't a couple after all, just a couple of travelers who bumped into each other on the way to Skalnimlin. The guy was American and called himself Bidi, like initials, and the girl Olya was from Ukraine. Nothing like complete strangers coming together to form a fun little expedition group, am I right? We hung around for a while, wondering what to do. The family that had alighted from the bus earlier had been inside the visitor center all this while and they came out with the staff who worked there. The guy called out to us and said, "Pungpa Caves is closed, but Catherine Caves is still open. You can go there and then visit the Makocha Abyss." We looked at each other, shrugged, and set off in the direction of Catherine Caves. The caves here in Skalnimlin belong to the Moravian caste region and the whole area is a source for local legend and lore. The Punkwa caves are the main highlight of the network. The Catherine caves are in the same area and less prominent, but it comes with its own share of stories. Legend has it that Catherine, the daughter of a shepherd, used to tend to the flock to help out her dad. One day, while returning with the sheep, she got caught in a storm and so decided to take shelter in a nearby cave. When the storm passed, she found one sheep missing and went looking for it inside the cave. The poor girl got quite lost and was so tired at one point that she lay down for a nap. Some days later, her body was discovered by locals from a nearby village. Since then, the caves have been called Catherine Caves. The three of us walked in and were spellbound from the get-go. The caves are mystical. Stalactites dripping from the ceiling, slowly trying to touch the ground. stalagmites reaching high in different clusters some touching the stalactites and sealing their journey towards each other some of the bigger formations are bathed in colorful lights and have been given names there's one that's named the witch because it genuinely looks like one on a broomstick if you let your imagination open up a little bit we even saw a giant hall inside the caves naturally formed and the guide we were with told us that the quality of acoustics here is so good that the hall is actually used for music concerts and performances when you're that deep underground 
it's difficult not to marvel at how nature weaves the most magical designs out of nowhere. The sights and stories in Catherine Caves were unbelievable and we started feeling a little better about not being able to see Punkwa. The day was really starting to turn around. This was so beautiful, Olya said, right as we left the cave and came out into the sun. Those dripstones looked so nice. They did, didn't they? I said. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. What do you girls want to do next? Bidi asked. Just then, the guide who took us around Catherine Caves called out to us. The technical issue at Punkwa Caves has been fixed. If you would like to go on the boat ride under the caves, you can do it now. I could not believe it. None of us could. All of that walking and hunting and getting lost was worth it after all. The three of us looked at each other and were elated because you know what? This was turning out all right. Let's go, Beedi said. You guys really need to believe when I say that we ran, hopped, skipped and tumbled into the line for Punkwa Caves and barreled straight into the entrance. A large, grand, dome-like structure with some of the largest limestone formations in the country. More natural formations shone down at us. One looked like a gigantic curtain and I felt like it was just about to start fluttering in the gentle draught inside the caves. The whole thing was lit up with beautiful golden lights that gave it an ethereal feel. And then suddenly there was a bright light piercing through. We walked towards it and the crack grew wider and wider till the caves opened up and we saw where we were. The Makocha Abyss, the biggest gorge in all of Central Europe, one of the most wondrous sites in the Moravian Karst region and here I was standing so close to the bottom of it. This abyss is the only place where the Punkwa River is seen overground and there's a very Middle-earth, Lord of the Rings kind of feel when you're standing there. I was surrounded by rocks which had fallen into the cave when it collapsed, creating the abyss. The whole cavern is drenched in green. Trees and bushes line the opening and my mind jumped straight to fairies and goblins and hobbits living here, just going about their business. The thing about Punkwa Caves is that it has an underground river called the Punkwa River and we wanted to sit inside a boat and take a tour of the caves in a way we never can otherwise. The boat cruise started from Makocha Abyss and we jumped into the first one that we saw. We bade farewell to the abyss as we glided on the smooth river under the caves to experience something very surreal. We were floating through caverns under the caves, under stalactites we could almost touch. Lights shimmered off the surface of the water and cast eerie shadows on the intricate limestone formations lining the walls and the ceiling of the cave and by now I was convinced that we were living on another planet. The sun shone through cracks now and then, showing us how turquoise the water truly was. This experience is what the Punkwa Caves is so famous for. And this is what I did not want to miss. After our dreamy little sojourn in the Punkwa Caves, Bidi, Olya and I went to the top of Makocha Abyss and stared down at where we had just been standing a little while earlier. Such a curious part of the world, tucked away in a tiny little town in Europe, just waiting to reveal its secrets to all of us and what an adventure this day had been. It was well into evening by now and we wanted to head back to Brno. 
we were quite happy and content with how everything had panned out things had really worked out so well and we left the abyss and the caves behind and decided to bid this part of the world goodbye we reached the visitor center and do you know what we did next we got into bus number 226 all right there it is my story about how i tried to make plans that fell apart so monumentally my story about not having data wifi nothing just getting randomly lost but i feel like uh, even though you know i got lost and i had all these crazy thoughts in my head at one point about something that could happen or could go wrong somewhere my gut kept telling me that it was going to be fine ultimately that's what's important because that's the one thing that always tells me whether a situation is actually as scary as it seems or whether it is actually as safe as it seems and over time the gut instinct is what i've learned to trust so whether or not i get lost now the first thing that i listen to is not my head it's my gut i hope you enjoyed this story and if you have any feedback comments compliments feel free to drop me a message at peppy travel girl on instagram or you can hit me up on my website www.peppytravelgirl.com i would love to hear from you and i promise you i will get back to whatever you have to say Travel Tales and Takes with Preeti brings to you tales of wonder from lands far and near, stories of inspiration from people ever so dear and a little bit of me, Preeti, also known as Peppy Travel Girl. I hope you're all staying safe and are doing well and I hope you have a beautiful day or night ahead. Take care and I will see you very soon with a brand new podcast. Bye-bye.